Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. who's enjoyed the series we've been doing all summer. Yeah? Come on. It's been the summer of the spirit, okay? Hey, who in here knows about the Crux cast? It's, it's my favorite podcast. It's, it's good stuff. Basically, we record our sermons every single week. We put them up there uh, for you guys. You can hear, listen to the Crux cast, okay, uh, and go, go through the whole summer. It was great. A whole summer of materials up there. Basically, for those who don't know, this summer, we've been studying the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What are the gifts he gives? How do we operate in the gifts? What does that mean? Um, and we talked about a whole bunch of different things. And then last week, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Who was here last week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of us. Yes, okay. Listen to that one. It was a lot of fun, awesome stuff as well. So tonight, what we're doing is we're doing a conclusion of our Summer of the Spirit series. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a woo. Okay, that's good. Right. So, because people are starting to come back from college, we're going to be starting uh, a new series pretty soon, going into the fall, things like that. Okay. So, we're wrapping up our summer series. What we wanted to do, though, is we want to provide an opportunity for you to be able to ask questions. I'm going to sit down because I've been saying all day. So, basically, for you to be able to ask questions right? So uh, I have a big heart. I came from a background that was very conservative, very um, by, by the book. You know, if you didn't, if you, if you didn't have everything memorized, you're, you're going to sin and then God's angry at you, right? And so very much that. And I had a lot of questions when I came into a church like this one. I had a lot of questions of what is that? <laughs> right? Never seen that before. That was weird. Right? Things like that. Didn't know. And I was so, where is that in the Bible? What does that mean? What's God's heart behind that? And I didn't have a lot of people I could ask questions to. Luckily, when I came to Summit, uh, I was able to talk to a lot of people. But before that, when I experienced, I didn't really know what was going on. So I wanted to provide a place where you can ask any question you want. Okay? You can ask if there's something that, that you need clarified about our series, if there's something that you didn't understand, or maybe you're new here and you're like, I don't know the series, ask any question you want about the Holy Spirit, um, or honestly, any question you want about God, okay? I'm even okay if you break away from the Holy Spirit theme and you just have this burning question in your heart, something about, about the Lord, okay? Um, and so what we're going to do is you're going to fill out questions, and then we're going to invite up your the Crux team, almost as a, a panelist up here, and they're going to answer some of your questions for you. Okay. Does that sound good? And I'm hoping we'll learn some stuff. I want to encourage you to be raw, be real. We're not afraid of your questions. A lot of times people are afraid to ask questions in church, which is so sad. That's where you should ask the questions. They're asking the universities and then, so they're getting like atheist answers. (laughs) So, right. Ask the church, ask us hard questions. If I don't know the answer, I'll just be like, I don't know. And let's find out together. I'm not scared to tell you I don't know. Okay, so we'll find out together. All right, is that fair? I just want to be really real. You're safe to ask whatever you want, okay? All right, and what we'll do is we'll try our best to get to every question. It's very likely we will not. So we're just going to try our best to get through as many as we can, okay? So Dominic over here, this is Dominic Groves. Everyone give it up for this man. He's incredible. Okay, so Dominic here. Dominic, what do you have for us? Yes. So we'll go ahead, pass those out. Dominic's going to pass them out. We're going to give a couple moments where you can just write whatever question you want. Think of questions from this series or any other questions you have, okay? Just about the Lord, about the Bible, about God, or anything like that, okay? So go ahead and fill out those questions. And if you are on the Summer Crux team, um, once you finish your question or if you don't have one, just feel free to start coming on up here, okay? All right, continue to write your questions down. And then uh, for those who don't know, I want to introduce you. This is your summer crux team right here. They've served you guys. They've loved you guys. And let's learn real quick about them. Dominic, what's your name? And what is your, <laughs> what is your, favorite, uh, your favorite smell? Well, my name is Dominic Groves. I'm a Taurus, but I don't believe in that. So uh, I don't know why I shared that. Um, my fa- your favorite Pokemon? My favorite Pokemon is Charizard. Oh, I was going to say Taurus because you said Taurus. I meant it's not important. My, oh, favorite, like, my favorite smell is, uh, is, is, is probably my lovely wife. No, but then also. Oh, that's beautiful. No, that's your answer. I'm not going to let you change it. All right. Who, all right. Lovely wife of Dominic. Who, what's your name? My name is Emily. And what is your favorite color? Hi, guys. 
besides the color of your husband's eyes? What's your favorite color? Uh, I would say like maroonish. Nice. Okay. Awesome. All right. Who, who's this man right here? I'm Joel. And Joel, what is, uh, where'd you get that shirt? Got it in Africa. Ooh. At the airport. The airport. The South African airport. Wow. Very cool. Nice. Very fresh. Very fresh. All right. Right here. What is your name? I'm Yar. And Yar, what is, what is your favorite vegetable? Ooh. Um, Did I say who? Oh, what? Yeah, Larry the Cucumber. That's right. No. What's your favorite vegetable? Green beans. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Any other green beans out there? Ooh, you're alone. Sorry. Okay, yeah, right here. Okay, what's your name? My name is Lizzie. Lizzie. Okay, Lizzie, uh, what is your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Can you ask me a different question? What's your favorite? Yeah, phone a friend. Patrick, what's her favorite movie? What's her favorite movie? Do you know? You should know, bro. Okay. All right. All right. You don't know either? All right. Well, are you guys, uh, are you almost done with your questions? You guys are still filling out. Okay. We'll keep learning about a panelist then. All right. Well, then not what's your favorite movie then. What is your favorite, favorite place to shop? The thrift store. That got way more of a cheer than I was expecting. That's great. All right. I'm Patrick. Hi, Patrick. All right. Let's see, Patrick. Patrick, uh, as a man who has a beard, I admire your beard. Uh, How long did it take you to grow that? If I were to shave it off, it'd take me like a week and a half. Whoa. That's pretty impressive. All right. The The neck beard's about a week and a half. Yep. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Who's this man right here? Oh, yeah, Mike. <laughs> Give your own mic. Go for it. Yes. My name's David Knox. Hi, David Knox. All right. Let's see. David, what is your favorite question to ask other people? My favorite question to ask other people is by far, what is your favorite toothpaste? Oh. <laughs> what I love about David is I've never asked him a question that he didn't immediately know the answer to. So, David, what is your favorite toothpaste? Sensodyne. Sensodyne! <laughs> Amen, brother! I love Sensodyne. That sounds great. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So, did you go ahead? If you have your question, pass them down to the ends here. We're going to put them in these buckets. There you go. There you go. There you go. That was a lot of time to write a question. Oh, but that was to kill time so you could write questions. All right, so write your questions in here. I don't know if you guys already did or not, but there you go. Pass them down, pass them down, and we will start to collect them. If you come up with a question um, throughout the night, that's totally fine. What you can do is we'll keep the bucket up here, and you can just come over and drop a question. Like, if you hear a question that sparks another question, you can come up and put it in the bucket, okay? All righty. Have we got any questions in? Got any questions? No one? All right, we're just going to start asking you guys more questions then, maybe. Let's see. Hmm. What's up? Let's see how well you know me. What's my favorite color? Blue. Nope. Wow, you all answered blue? What? Is- Amen. It's green. Green's a fair color for sure. Like neon green is great. I love that color. All right. What, what's, uh, let's see. Are you guys writing your questions? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. The minute we start talking, you guys just kind (laughs) of, this is the reward for those who have finished. They get something to to watch. Okay. A little, a little cherry on top. Okay. Uh, what is my favorite dessert? Is it, is it, is it shortcake? Nope. Patrick? I totally know. We've been over this. We have. We have talked about this, my friend. It's cookie dough. Cookie dough. What? What's up? Cookie dough. Cookie dough is the best of all desserts. Dang it. Yep. Or cookie dough ice cream because there's cookie dough inside the ice cream. Yep. So good. Amen to that. Are you guys done yet? Are questions in? Y'all need to stop talking. Put in the questions. You got questions? We have some questions? There we go. We got some questions. There we go. You can keep asking. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. All righty. Panelists, are you ready? We're asking questions about the Holy Spirit. 
I might may or may not have a little bit of a filter. Okay. Um, perfect. This is great. This is a great starter question. Okay. So how, panelists, um, how, well, I'm going to add words that they forgot in here. Okay. Um, how do learn, how do you learn? Sorry if that makes someone feel bad who wrote this. I'm sorry. But how do learn to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do learn? Yes, Joel. I actually came across a Sean Bowles post on Instagram that I shared on Facebook today, which was so spot on for this question. It, it is. It was. Um, and it says, your inner, there's, um, it said something along the lines of, your inner dialogue is so closely, like it sounds so much like the voice of God. And so often it just sounds like a thought, um, but the more the more you spend time with God, the more you practice hearing him and, and paying attention to those random thoughts. They sound like voices in your head, but just with practice, the Bible says that um, we, we can pretty much grow in our gifts by use of practice, by, by using them continuously. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it sounds like yourself. It sounds like your own thoughts, but it's really God. It's good. Yeah, totally. Uh, one other person to answer either. Here we are. Um, if, if the, um, basically if the words encourage you and it's something that you wouldn't really think of or that you wouldn't really process in your mind, it's like basically the first thing that comes into your mind. And if it encourages you, encourages you, that's the Lord. And if you feel condemned by it, that's not. So Mm, that's like the easiest way. That's good. That's super good. I love it. That's awesome. Way to go. Did you want to add a quick thing? Do you have something you can add real quick? I was just going to say one of the ways I really learned to figure out what was the Lord and what was me was kind of like by what Joel said, by just simply practicing. And so saying like, okay, I just had this random like thought pop in my head or like, for example, at work, like about making a decision at work and like, okay, well, I'm going to go with like what this, this feels or this says in my gut, like your gut feeling or whatever and see like if this is the Lord and see what happens or if I didn't do it. And that was a lot how I figured it out because I didn't do it. And then it like something went bad and I was like, that was probably the Lord telling me not to do what I just did. Uh, <laughs> and you know, like, conviction. I thought that was the best way to like trial and error, but it was a little bit of trial sure. and error. Like, okay, I'm going to, you know, do this, this, whatever. Perfect. Hand it to Joel. He has that. Yeah. So this is Sean Bowles. This is coming from a guy who has crazy words of knowledge, who hears God's voice continue on a daily basis and like calls out specific details about people's lives that he wouldn't normally know. He says, so much of what God says lives right next to our own inner dialogue. We have to recognize the intertwining of his thoughts responding to our own. That's good. That's awesome. Love it, guys. Uh, a couple a couple things I'm just going to kind of sprinkle on top of that beautiful dessert right there. Um, basically, uh, number one, it can never contradict the word of God. The Bible and the scripture is your ultimate authority. If, if someone says, I feel like God says this, and it directly goes against the scripture, it is not God, okay? And if you are like, I feel like God is telling me to like, m- you know, do this thing, it I'm just going to throw an example. I feel like God wants me just to steal this. He knows. It's fine. He's given it to me. I'm giving an extreme example, right? Uh, you're like, well, the Bible says don't do that. So you're not hearing God. So like the, the minute it contradicts scripture, that's why the more you know the word of God, the stronger you will hear his voice because he will often remind you of verses and truths in the scripture. Holy Spirit, spirit and truth, they come together. The more you know God's word, the more you know his word, right? And so in, uh, in the Bible says that we we have been given the mind of Christ. And I love that's what they were really tapping into there is that a lot of times is if you have a thought, you have a thing and it goes with scripture and it's encouraging and it lifts you up. It's not a voice of condemnation. Conviction will bring you to God. Condemnation will push you away from God. Okay. Conviction says, Adam and Eve, where are you? Come find me. Condemnation says I'm naked. I'm running away from God. Okay. So that's how you know if it, if it brings you closer to God, it's his voice. If it pushes you away from him, it ain't his voice. Okay. So just to throw in some sprinkles on top there. Perfect. This is Dominic here. Hey, Dominic, what's our next question? Our next question is one I personally liked. It is, what does it look like to have intimacy with the Lord? beautiful question. That's what we all want. We want intimacy with God, right? So uh, first, let's always give a chance for someone who hasn't answered yet first. So out of you three, feel free. Go ahead and pass it down. Yeah. Oh, called out? (laughs) All right. 
I think one of the main things that you'll see in your life when you have intimacy with the Lord is a fellowship with Him when you read the Bible. I really think reading the Bible will be like a dialogue, like God speaking to you through His words. And some of it you'll share with people, and my God, some of it you will not share with people, <laughs> you know? And it's just so special to just have those moments when you're reading Scripture and asking God questions and getting answers. And, you know, I, I feel like it's so crazy that you could read the same little book, you could read the same passage like 25 times and have God speak to you something totally fresh. And I really think that happens more with people who have intimacy and less with people who study scholarly. That's good. So study the Bible to connect with God, not just to memorize it in your mind to connect with them. That's good. Yeah, and I think it can look different between, like, like person to person. Like, there's no, like, one mold of how to be intimate with God. Um, and I think it depends on, like, how you nurture it. So mm-hmm. some people, like, read the Word. They have that... Uh, dialogue with God. Some people are more like just sit in the moment and, you know, talk to God. um, And they're just in their quiet time. Other people love to play worship music and just worship God in that moment. But it's kind of like the same as like a human relationship where it's like you have the desire to grow the relationship deeper. um, But you just need to, it, it, it takes the effort on your end to really grow it and nurture it. Okay, and then to, to wrap this on up real quick, um, I kind of feel like there's a lot of ways to be intimate with the Lord. There's a lot of avenues that lead to him, right? And I think uh, kind of different strokes for different folks. You know, obviously like a, a big prayer life or being engaged in community or in the word or listening to worship music or just like being you but inviting him along. Um, but I think more than like ways to be intimate, I, I think that's something that kind of helps me is that I think as a byproduct of intimacy with the Lord, a good way to know you found it is you will demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit, right? So like the longer we are in intimacy with the Lord and in relationship with Him, what should flow out of our lives are like kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, love, like self-control, like all those like love, joy, peace, you know, all those things, they will be following out of our lives um, when we are intimate. So I know for me, in addition to finding avenues for intimacy, something that really helps me when I'm like not so able to quantify exactly what that looks like is to look at like the fruit of my life. Like, would people consider me loving, peaceful, joyful? Do I consider myself that way? If I see those things coming out of my life, if I have counselors that say, wow, you really carry a lot of the fruits of the spirit, it's like, oh, cool. The Lord's been here, <laughs> like his stamps on me. So I think that that's a good way too, that like if hate and grudges and, un- and forgive- like unforgiveness are coming out of your life, it's like, okay, I might need to work on my intimacy. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's, that's something that helps I love me. It. All that's right. Good. Yeah. It's, it's like a, you know, you don't want to clap or snap. Which one's more? Cheer like it's the best thing you've ever heard. All righty. Here we go. Are we filtering through these? Or are these done? Are these ones are done? Or? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the two we've already done. Okay, perfect. Let's see. Okay. Perfect. Okay, here we go. This is a great one. Um, so we did a message three weeks ago on because we went through all the different gifts. We talked about tongues and interpretation of tongues, okay? There's a lot of confusion in the church about that. What does that mean? All that stuff, right? And so um, we, I encourage you, listen to the podcast because we go line by line through the scripture and yeah. we talk about it, okay? So listen to the podcast. This question, though, is really a good one, okay? So this just says, do you believe everyone needs to talk in tongues to know they have the Holy Spirit? That's a great question because there is, there's a sect of Christianity that says uh, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. And um, so there's a large portion of people who do, who do believe this. Um, what do you guys think? I'll answer it if you don't, if you don't have it, but yeah. Okay, so um, speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but you can't base your whole... Um, experience of the Holy Spirit on one of the gifts. Um, It doesn't cover the Holy Spirit in in his entirety. Mm -hmm. So just because you don't speak in tongues doesn't mean you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. He manifests in so many different ways. And um, there are so many gifts that he gives us and he, he speaks to us and we can feel him in 
numerous ways. So um, don't feel discouraged if you haven't spoken in tongues. It is an amazing thing to be able to speak in tongues. I recently just received the gift and um, I've been practicing it more and it, I feel like it's brought me closer to God and there's like more intimacy with the Lord and um, through speaking in tongues, you, it's, it's uplifting to your spirit in a way that you, your brain can't even comprehend. So I encourage you to go after that. But if you haven't gotten there, it doesn't mean you haven't experienced the Holy that's Spirit. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I 100% agree um, that basically it's, I love it. It's a gift of the Spirit. If you've never healed somebody, does that mean the Holy Spirit's not in you? Okay. No. Nope. Not at all, <laughs> right? Like, like it's on the same level of all the other gifts, right? If you've if you've never seen a miracle, does that mean Holy Spirit's not in you, right? No, not at all, right? It's a it's a gift from Him, but it has nothing to do with whether or not the Holy Spirit's inside of you. So the quick answer is no. You do not need the gift of tongues in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? It's a it, it's a it's a thing to pursue. The Bible says earnestly desire the gifts, but it, it, in no way does it uh, mean don't judge the gifts by someone's maturity like, or don't tie them together. Just because someone walks in healing does not mean they're a mature Christian. That's Just right. because somebody, um, someone spoke in tongues, they interpret it does not mean they're a mature Christian. They just have a gift, right? I can give a gift to a two-year-old and he can thrash it, <laughs> right? It, but either way, it's a gift. So the gifts are not determined on the maturity. You can be a, a mature, amazing character-filled, spirit-filled believer and not speak in tongues, um, right? Um, but you should ask for it because it's a gift and it's good, right? Yeah. So that's where we're at, though. But don't worry if you don't. It's, it's, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're, like, not a good Christian, you know? All right. Uh, next question. Yeah, that's a snap, I think, right? That was, a good, that was a good answer, Lizzie. Yeah, here you go. Cool. So the next question, I really like this one. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it because it, it is multilayered. Um, but I love the heart of it. It says, uh, I'm concerned about stepping out. Um, Basically, he says, am I, am I not saved if I don't evangelize regularly? Uh, they quote Charles Spurgeon saying, he said that one time, he said, a uh, Christian is either an evangelist or an imposter. Um, how necessary is evangelism to be where God wants me to be? Um, I love this one. Who wants to start it out? David Knox. I think you, I think you should. The question had the quote in it? Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's good. Someone knows their stuff, and I, I like it. So, David Knox, you want to dive in? Sure. I think I'll start with Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It it says we are saved by grace, not by works, through faith, so that no one can boast. And I I really think your Savior is Jesus Christ and not your works. And uh, I don't mean that to sound harsh coming out, but I think the truth of the Bible is like, radical. It's gnarly (laughs) to people because we think that, you know, sometimes we got to do something to earn it. And I think that if you really are saved, then you will have fruit in your life. And if you really are saved, then you'll have a heart to share the gospel with people because Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And he longs to see every man come to repentance, like it says in first Timothy. And so it might be Peter, but whatever, you know, but like, it's not, God's not content that anyone should perish and that God lives inside of you. Right? So if you are saved and you have a relationship with Jesus, you should hurt for people that don't know Jesus. And so if you're not evangelizing, I would maybe check yourself before you wreck yourself. But works are not your savior. Jesus took the full punishment for all your sins, like Hebrews 9.26 says, once and for all. And so there's no punishment that Jesus didn't receive that would be due to you. He already suffered fully for all that you would do. Yeah, it says for freedom, Christ has set us free. And just like, like it's not like our salvation is not based on our works. It's based on the free gift of God. And I also just like some people are scared by evangelism, but I think it's more than just a blatant conversation. Like, do you know Jesus? Joel, do you know Jesus? You know, like, but our lives are meant to be a demonstration of Christ. So it's not just like, you know, like, for example, my dad is super shy and he's not like going to be the guy that's going to have this bold in your face conversation but more times in our in our life than I can count, people have come up to him and said, I know you're a Christian by the way that you act and the way that you treat people awesome. and the way that like you do not talk badly in an environment where everybody's cussing and doing all these things. Like his behavior and who my dad is so speaks of like who Christ is in him. But like 
like you probably couldn't pay him to walk up to somebody and ask them if they want. You know, like that's just not my dad's personality. But the people in our life have been super witness to just by his behavior. So evangelism can look differently for different people. But I do agree with what David said. Like we do need to challenge ourselves to say, hey, like what does that look like in our lives? And are we really like, are we willing to step out if there's a moment where we want to have that challenging conversation? Like, is it worth a moment of discomfort for us to risk somebody not being in heaven for eternity? Does that make sense? Like that's not to make you feel bad, but that's to challenge us to say, okay, if there's an opportunity, am I really going to risk just letting that walk by me? That's good. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, we're, we're just going to move on to other questions. That was, that was so, no, 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 that was great. That was awesome. I love it. Totally agree with it. It's fantastic. Think of uh, the gym too. I was just thinking if you, uh, do you need to go to the gym to be alive? Like, no, absolutely not. But will it help you to challenge yourself and go? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, whatever area you have fear in, that's a good sign God wants to ha- challenge you to step out there. But it does not mean that, like, you're condemned, you know, and that he's mad or that there's something wrong with you, right? You know? And so I love that. And ultimately, our character really does win out at the end of the day, you know? So I love it. And, and I've met her dad. Her dad is an incredible example of the Lord. Absolutely an amazing man. And you can tell he's a Christian just by the way he talks. That's incredible. All right. Uh, next question here. Um, so it says... If we have the Holy Spirit with us slash in us, is this the closest to hell we will ever get? And uh, I'm probably just going to answer this real quick because I I believe, yeah, absolutely. I believe that, um, you know, we're we're on earth right now, right? And so uh, this will be the closest to hell believers will ever get, okay? This will also be the closest to heaven non-believers will ever get, okay? This is the closest thing to heaven they will ever experience but for us, this is the closest thing to hell we'll ever experience, right? Because um, we're in this we're in this middle ground right now. So yes, absolutely, I would say that. Yeah, don't worry. When, once you have the Holy Spirit in you, with you, you're a Christian. You know Jesus. Life can be rough, and it, it can feel like you're going through, like you're in hell right now. It's what it can really feel like, and that's real, and that's tragic, and that's hard, and it's the. And you have a rare opportunity for these 50, 60, 70 years to worship God in the midst of feeling hell. You will never have that opportunity again for all of eternity. So what do you choose to do with it when you feel like you're going through it right now? That's important because you will never have the honor of worshiping God in tragedy again. That'll never happen again. And so, yes, absolutely. All right, next question. I think that this is a fantastic question for some of our amazing leaders. How do you learn to deal with the scrutiny that sometimes comes with being a Christian in today's societies? The culture that sometimes calls us bigots or homophobes, things like that. Good question. Who wants to start? I'm going to start. Well, first of all, I know that there's verses in the Bible that kind of said, like, you know, if you don't deny me before man, I won't deny you before my father. I know there's things that, like, you know, if we're willing to suffer persecution for the gospel, then, like, we're, we're sitting pretty. You know, we're doing good. And, and that kind of persecution is, like, first world persecution. Um, and it, it is really tough. But I think that it's also something that uh, in, in the face of kind of the reputation the church sometimes has in America, I think the best way to counter that is just with the revelation of just the earnest love of God. You know what I mean? It's hard to call someone a bigot who is just pouring out their love for people. It's hard to call someone any kind of prejudice or whatever when you're pouring out the love of God with people. Um, so I kind of just say sort of focus on, focus on the good and keep your eye on the prize. Um, and I think a lot of that stuff falls off. You know, I think that the more you press into, the less you live out of like the fear of man kind of yeah. stuff and kind of get your priorities um, just a little bit more in line with, with what he says. Um, and it's really, I would say too, it's like, it's really not as bad as you think. Like, like as far as like, oh, they're all going to hate me. It's like, nah, I think, I I think it's going to be good. (laughs) So cool. Okay, great. How you guys doing? You guys doing okay? Oh, did you have some? You guys have the mic, didn't I? I'll be quick. I know I'm a preacher and stuff, but I just think it's it's really cool to mention that Jesus used to chill with the equivalent of frat boys. Um, and I think the world really loved him. He went and attended many parties and he was invited. 
um, with honor. And so I think the non-believers and the people who were living radically sinful lifestyles, they wanted to be around Jesus. There was something magnetic about him. And I think there's something magnetic around you uh, for those people who are broken and hurting, whatever they're struggling with, whether it's homosexuality or anything. I think you'll find there's something magnetic about the hope you carry like it was for Jesus. Hangs out with frat boys. He hangs out with me. Awesome. Hey, so you guys doing okay? You need a, a stretch or anything? You guys doing all right? How are you guys liking this? It's good? Yeah? Okay, cool. Uh, this is a, just a funny question, so a good little break from these deep ones. Um, <laughs> do you sleep with a nightlight? Anyone? Anyone? No? No? What? What? Porch light on? No, but I do sleep with my Bible. Oh! The ultimate nightlight right there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you gotta protect us. I've had I've had scary times when I was living in other countries, and I literally was like just kind of really afraid because I was like sleeping in a sketchy spot, and I just had my Bible and I just held it on me and like went to sleep. Like Lord, please, <laughs> my Bible will save me. Right? Any other any other thoughts? No. How about earplugs? I sleep with earplugs. I need earplugs. Yeah, yeah, every night, every night. Can't live without them. Yeah, we can't hear a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Joel's my roommate, for those who don't know. So, yep. All right, anyone else, though? No? No? Okay, cool. Porch light? Okay. Yeah. How many of you need, like, a noise, like a static noise or something, like a fan or nothing? No? Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Anyway, well, now I know a little more about you. All right, so let's see here. Um, this is a good question. I'm going to summarize it, um, but basically, uh, if, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, can you get demon-possessed? Oh, snap. We went from scary nightlight in the dark to, like, the dark question, right? <laughs> I need a nightlight now. <laughs> yeah. Get my Bible. All right, so what do you guys think? Um, no. Quick answer, no. Holy Spirit lives inside you. That place is occupied. You're safe. Uh, however, yes. however, occupied. Occupado. Um, you know, we can believe lies that affect our emotions, that affect our physical bodies, that affect our, our lives. Um, when we're believing lies from the devil, it may feel like you're literally under a weight and there are literally demons on your shoulders. Um, you know, so they can quote oppress you just by feed, just by relentlessly attacking you in your mind. I've, you know, I've walked through that. Taylor, Taylor and Dom have seen me. We're we're not laughing at his answer. We're laughing at something different. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be very insensitive. I just realized <laughs> he's fine, talking about fine. oppression of the mind, and we're laughing. At um, yeah. That's so really, yeah, you know, you're doing great, no, we're laughing no, about this not <laughs> not possessed. No, no, I, you can't. But like I said, you can. Um, you know, you can believe lies and they can really affect you negatively. Um, and being attacked, you know, the Bible says, well, you know, we, we face a spiritual war and there are, there, there's a, there's a, you know, battle that goes on and demons and spirits that, that war against us. Um, so they definitely do try to fight us and try to, try to bring us down. But in terms of possession, no. Sleep with your Bible. <laughs> Anyone else elaborate on it? No? I just think real fast, like you can invite demonic things into your life, like depending on what you listen or what you watch or what you read. Yeah. Like horror that movies. just happens. Like, or yeah, like horror movies Pain. or like super weird, scary, Demons. sketchy books. Like you just have to be careful with what you it's are true. putting into your body. Like your body is a temple of the Holy spirit. And like that just, that doesn't only just mean like physically take care of your body, but like what you're putting in and what your eyes are intaking. So, um, if you're watching like, you know, whatever some of the possession movies are a bunch, like, and you suddenly start seeing, thinking you're seeing demons and you're scared all the time. Like, well, because you're watching stuff that's inviting that into your life. So you yeah. just have to be, you know, careful with what there is. There's spirits attached yeah, to things that we don't good. always realize. If you use it for entertainment, how can you have authority over it? If, if you, if you, if you use it to Say entertain that. yourself in your free time, you really think you're going to have authority over it? Like, I'm bored. Let me watch something scary. How come I'm so scared? This is crazy. Like, oh, like uh, I'm bored. I'm going to listen to some music with some 
bad lyrics. Like, how come I keep having bad words in my head? Like, you're not going to get authority or something that you entertain yourself with. Uh, just saying, that's another question. Though. That's about entertainment. But basically, uh, yes, you cannot be possessed, but what they're kind of talking about is you can be oppressed. So possession is inside. Oppression is like coming at you, like on you, right? So you can be severely oppressed if you're allowing open doors in your life, you know? Um, I'm having nightmares all the time. Well, you watch horror movies all the time. Like, maybe there's a correlation, you know? And so, yes, but you're not going to have a, a, like a soul possession, nothing like that. You die, you're going to heaven. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. No, I was just going to piggyback off that. Horror used to be my favorite genre to <laughs> read true. and watch <laughs> and everything. And I was on fire, Christian, everything. And I debated a lot of, like, the whole genre can't be evil. And maybe it's not, but I'll save you guys some time. Just trust me, it's, it's better without it. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of conversations about over, this. Over a decade. Yeah, just for 10 it, years. It, you would be surprised at how just, like, gunky it can make stuff. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, this question's really funny. Uh, it's a longer question, so I'm trying to figure out how much to, to share with it. But I love that it's raw. I love that it's real. Um, so the question is, manifestations, dot, dot, dot. Can you elaborate? <laughs> kind of like, what is that? You know, like, right? That's at least, I don't know if that's the tone. Maybe the tone is like, manifestations, can you elaborate? But I read it as like, what is that, bro? You know? So um, do you guys have, because I know I could do a whole sermon on that. Do you have a, a quick feedback, though, on manifestations, what that means? Is it God? Is it not God? Can you elaborate? Like, what, is that, what does that even mean? You know? Anyone? And I'll jump, I'll jump in, too, if, if you guys don't have anything. I think it's a great question. I love how raw it is. Yeah, so there's two different um, types of manifestations. One is when you feel the Holy Spirit. Like um, Lizzie was saying, you can feel him in different ways. Some people feel him with in their hands. They actually fall down because of the, um, the Spirit is so strong upon them. And um, the other part of it is, um, so last year when we went to Africa, uh, we were praying for um, just this, we were at this like five-day um, encounter service week and many of the people were there were very um, had a lot of like demons or like they were involved in witchcraft or involved either um, in just things that are not um, godly and that man they manifested um, and so when we were praying for them when the Holy Spirit like touched them obviously evil and dark I mean um, darkness and light can't really come together so when light comes in darkness kind of like freaks out a little so you'll see them either manifesting either crazy or like just like just shaking so there's different parts um in that that's great yeah I love that she clarified I actually didn't think about that so I'm glad she clarified um there's different types there's a demonic manifestation and then there's like presence of God manifestation and then there's like probably some emotionalism <laughs> of just manifesting as well so you kind of have to determine which one is it all three of them are real you know and so you you kind of have to try to go through that i love it. she was hitting more on like the de the demonic side too when light enters dark we sang it tonight you make the darkness tremble right so in the presence of god uh it's the holy spirit coming in and you know it was occupied he breaks down the door and gets it out and and demons they can freak out on that a lot of times if demons are manifesting they already know they're on their way out so they're trying to make a big old scene to try to then create like shame or embarrassment or something that they can come back in again later you know um, that they can come back in stronger afterwards kind of a thing because they created a shame or an embarrassment you know and so a lot of times if you see demons manifesting uh, they already you know they're on their way out it's like a last ditch effort you know there's a there's a movie quote ironically that says uh that one of the devil's greatest tricks is making us believe he doesn't exist uh and so if if he can get us to think he's not there um then he can keep deceiving so when he's like that's not working i'm gonna let him know i'm here like he, you know he's already freaking out <laughs> and he's on his way out you know that's a demonic side of it but can any of you talk specifically about maybe the jesus glory the good side of manifestations we know that the devil can't create it anything he can only counterfeit things so the demonic manifestation is a counterfeit of a holy manifestation so what are the holy manifestations what does that mean can you elaborate dot 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 david knox yes so i think the first thing to mention um is it's a little bit spooky when you're not you didn't grow up with charismatic church like I did. And I came in here and I study world religions and I'm familiar with demonic manifestations. 
you know, and how they produce heat in people. They cause them to laugh. They cause them to roll around, all this stuff. And then I come to church, and I see that stuff. (laughs) That's a little bit spooky. (laughs) But what I really want to say clearly is that if you think about it, you would, like Taylor was saying, you would never counterfeit like a $1 bill. You would only counterfeit like a $100 bill. And so these demons and Satan, I mean, that's from Bill Johnson, though. You know, it's not me. But, you know, um, (laughs) yeah. But, you know, the demons and Satan, what he's trying to do is he's only counterfeiting things that are worthwhile. And so he takes Uh. the precious thing that's the children's bread, that's the gift that God's given to the church to release breakthrough. And he tries to get people afraid of it and all this other stuff and make a counterfeit version. And then just speaking to actually receiving the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you guys have felt the heat before, experienced the manifestations. I mean, one of the ways people explain it to me, it might have even been Pastor Taylor. If it wasn't, it was Andrew. Um, But he was just talking about how, like, if you touch electricity or power, it causes your whole body (laughs) to, like, shake and vibrate, you know? And so just imagine that God was releasing a revelation or he was releasing power inside of your body that was more than you could handle, and it would cause you to shake. And I mean, Ezekiel chapter 1 talks about how our God is a consumer fire. So the fact that people feel heat when he's bringing healing or they feel heat when his presence is there, that should be encouraging to all of us that our God is close to us and that his fire is judgment to Satan and devils, but it's love to people who serve him. So good. I love that. I guess I give a clap for that one. That was solid. Um, I love that. Yeah, the devil's never going to, he's not going to counterfeit something cheap. He's going to counterfeit something valuable. So a lot of times, whatever you see the devil do, sometimes you can ask, okay, what is the truth that this thing is counterfeiting or twisting, right? And so, um, but real quick, for those who might not know even what we mean when we say manifestations, um, I'm just going to list off some quick common ones. This doesn't mean all of them. This doesn't mean it's not all encompassing, but just some quick ones. A lot of times you'll see people, they say they're slain in the spirit or they fall out. You just, people fall over, right? And um, and so that's one. Uh, then there's laughing. People just start kind of laughing uncontrollably. There's also crying. Crying, I believe crying is a manifestation as well because sometimes you so feel God's heart, you just start weeping, you know? Um, then there can be... Uh, Oh, shaking, like the electricity thing, shaking hands. You'll see people shaking their hands. Um, yeah, heat as well. Coldness, the opposite, a feeling like a, like a wind or a coldness coming through you, um, like an icy hot pad, you know, something like that. Um, Oh, yes. There's also like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard, there's people have talked about glory dust where it's like these shiny dust things. And then there's also oil where people talk about like oil manifesting on their hands. A lot of these sound crazy. They sound weird and they sound like, what, right? What does that mean? And it's crazy how a lot of them we actually do see in scripture, um, which is which is bizarre. Um, and you can see it. So a lot, so I'll just go real quick through. Do you guys want to give me, give you a little more? This is because I know this is a this is a hot topic. So um, first off, though, uh, talk to me afterwards. Talk to us afterwards if you want more clarity on them, and if you're confused, or even if you're like, I don't believe them. Talk to me about it. Talk to us, okay? Open communication. So. Um, but uh, I don't know which one to start with. I guess slain in the spirit. We see this a couple times too. In the Old Testament, the high priest would literally tie a rope around them because if they walked into the Holy of Holies, uh, sometimes the glory of God would hit them and they would either die <laughs> or be passed out, right? And everyone was afraid to go into the glory of God, so they'd pull them out by a rope. Okay, that was like the entire note. They had bells on their on their the bottom, and when you hear the bells stop moving, they're like. He gone. Pull him out. Right? right? And so we see it in Old Testament as well as we do see it in New Testament. Um, multiple times it says that when God's presence came, it says, and I fell on my face. Okay? Uh, that happens a lot. But this is my favorite one. This one's fun. So basically, there's a moment when they come to arrest Jesus. And a whole, like hundreds of Roman soldiers come to arrest Jesus. And they say, who is uh, Jesus? Basically, is he here? This is the Taylor paraphrase version. So, who, yeah. TPV, coming to you version soon. So basically, they, uh, they say, who's Jesus? And I love it. He just says, I am. He doesn't hide. He says, I am. That is the exact same reference that when Moses said, God, what is your name? He says, I am. And so in that moment, Jesus says the name of God. I am God. Basically, he uses the, the same name. And when he says that, it says, all of the guards fell down. This is hundreds of guards. We see the movies. It's like 10 people. This is like how many? It was like a few hundred elite, like at least three or 400 of trained Roman 
guards who can stand in the face of war and not shake. <laughs> and they fell down. You really think that was emotionalism? You know, they're like, oh, he's scary. Lay down, right? Like, no, like, and it wasn't demonic either, right? This was the glory of God hit them when they encountered Jesus, they fell. Why? Because they couldn't stand anymore. <laughs> and so the, the word, though, for fell, it's this word pepto, like pepto-bismo. And uh, basically what it actually means, it means to fall or to be forced down. And it actually also includes, and it says also to shake. And so it's this word that means you can fall, you can be pushed to the ground and just start trembling and shaking underneath the power of God. So we see it in Old Testament, we see it in New Testament as well, okay? So that's the shaking, the slaying in the spirit, uh, laughing all through the scripture. It talks about the joy of the Lord and your strength. It says the fullness of joy. What is fullness of joy? Hey, good job. Okay, so how can you stand there and be like, I am so bubbling forth of joy right now? Amen, brother. Right? Like, what's crazy is we're okay if people cry and we're like, wow, God's doing something healing. Bless him, Lord, let him cry. But if they laugh, we're like, that ain't the Lord, right? And so what's weird though is because sometimes laughter is more healing than crying. Sometimes God, a lot of times he'll bring the opposite spirit of whatever needs to break it. So if you're struggling with hatred, he'll bring in forgiveness. If you struggle with, um, if you struggle with anger, he'll try to, he'll bring in peace. If you're in a tragedy, he'll bring in comfort. If you're in a depression, what's the, what does he bring in? Joy. And with me, I was severely depressed and suicidal. And I had a moment where the Lord, uh, I didn't believe in it and I didn't want it and I didn't ask for it. And the Lord all of a sudden started making me laugh and I fell on the ground laughing hysterically. And my mind was like, this is emotionalism. This is not God. This is you. And then the problem is like, yeah, but no one else is laughing. Like, how is it emotional? Like, I don't want this. You know, like it was, was going through my head. Like, this isn't emotional. I'm fighting this, right? And I went to the ground laughing hysterically uh, for a good 30, 40 minutes. And, um, and I was the only one. And people were looking at me and thinking like, that guy, I'm in my mind, I'm like, oh no, I'm that guy. Like I became the one I hated. Like I, that, that's me now, right? And so basically, right, uh, the, the, uh, I kind of come to and I can finally stop laughing. And I was literally on the floor, on the ground laughing, right? And um, uh, I came to and everyone was gone and uh, it was dark and I felt so like, what the heck? They just left me here? Like, <laughs> right? some friends you are. <laughs> He's in a good spot. And they left. And then basically, though, what happened was afterwards, I was angry. And I said, how dare you, God? <laughs> how dare you make a fool of me? Right? In front of my friends. Right? And I went to the room, but I had been struggling with suicide and depression and, and self-hatred. And I went to my room and I sat down all bah humbug. And I said, God, why did you, why did you make me laugh? And as clear as day I heard, I just wanted to see you smile. <laughs> and he said, it's been a long time since you've laughed. And I just wanted to see my son smile. And I broke and I had a memory of a moment when I was with my dad as a kid and I was all bah humbug and my dad just started tickling me like crazy. And they're, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And I just started laughing. And then afterwards, it's this joyful moment of the dad pressing in joy on his son until he breaks. Because why? He wants a memory of being with his son laughing. And in that moment, I said, okay, God, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But if it's God, it's good. And I want it in my life. And I started to realize I knew how to cry. I did not know how to laugh. And God was rewiring my system and teaching me how to laugh again. And so the next time it happened and someone laughed, I was just like, bless the Lord. <laughs> right? Because I believed it now because it happened to me. That's not the right heart. I should be like, oh, good, me too, Lord. But instead I was like, oh, dang, that's real. Like, <laughs> get over here. Like, right? And so I'm just being raw with you guys. That's what happened. That was my journey. And so I do believe in it. I really do believe in it because it's just as healing as crying sometimes, you know? And it's actually good for the body. You look at it, it reduces stress, releases healing, all this stuff as well. It sounds like the gospel. 
Anyway, so, but if you have more questions on manifestations, uh, let me know. I know that was a longer one, and we're kind of coming to an end with that, um, because a lot of times people do come in and they have questions about the manifestations. Uh, where is it in scripture? What is it? All that stuff. So if you have more questions, um, where does this happen? Even the, 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 the glory dust, that one was weird. I didn't believe that one for a while. And then I saw in scripture on the Mount of Transfiguration, in the dead of night, it says a cloud surround them that was bright and lit up the whole area, right? And, it, and then it revealed uh, Elijah and Moses in the midst of this, this like cloud, right? And then this glorious cloud comes, and then Jesus left there, and it all points to Jesus. So the, the biggest point to take away is the manifestations should point to Jesus. If they don't, it's probably emotionalism if it's pointing to you, <laughs> you know, uh, and or or it's demonic if it's like they start growling and manifesting, right? So, but if it points to Jesus, if the fruit is Jesus, if they are feel more loved, every one of these encounters I had where the manifestations came forth, I fell more in love with Jesus than ever before. So the glory cloud appears. And they, they say, who do we worship God? And then all of a sudden it disappears and Elijah's gone, Moses is gone and only Jesus remains as if God is answering. You don't worship the law, you don't worship the prophets, you worship Jesus. And so the glory cloud and all that stuff will only always point to Jesus. Okay, let's stand together. We're wrapping up tonight. Thank you for your questions. Let's save these questions. Maybe every once in a while we'll post them on Instagram or something like that. Just one quick answers. Did you guys enjoy that tonight? You guys do okay? I know it was different. For those who are new, usually we bring a message or we do small groups or ministry time. But when we end a series, we like to have a time for feedback when you can ask the hard questions as well. So we do this every few months or so. So anyway, let's just pray together. Lord, I ask that tonight that uh, clarity would come into our hearts. Lord, that that you would bring your loving touch, your loving presence, and your spirit. And ultimately, Lord, uh, we just remind ourselves, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, God in the flesh, coming and saving us, that you are the only way, the truth, and the life. And so tonight, I ask that all these questions would point people closer to you, God. I ask that people would walk out of here tonight a little closer to you than when they came in, that intimacy would have been stewarded a little bit deeper, God, and that their connection with each other and this family would grow a little bit deeper as well. We invite you, God. Oh, right now, we, we just say, um, yeah, I just felt like you guys need to know there's no condemnation. Sometimes we feel bad for having hard questions. Like, who am me? Where's my faith? Why am I thinking like that? And that's, that's so wrong. Like, that's not true. God is not afraid of your questions. He is not afraid. And that's what we tried to show to you tonight. We're not afraid of your questions. Ask away any hard question you have. Uh, God already knows you have it. You might as well talk to him about it. So Father, I ask that hard questions in our heart that we would bring to you and that you'd bring them to the light, God, that nothing would be left in secret or in shame, but that we come to you with our questions, trusting that you're a good dad and in the perfect time, you will reveal the answers, Lord. But we love you. We give you this tonight. I speak a blessing over this family in Jesus's name. Amen. Awesome, guys. Well, we love you. Thanks for coming to Crux. If you have more questions, maybe the team, um, some of you can hang out here. And then uh, if you have more questions, come up and talk to them. Okay, if you need prayer or anything, everyone else, we love you guys. Thanks for coming out. And uh, we'll see you Sunday for church or next week for Crux, okay? Awesome. Can you guys give it up for our awesome panelists who did a great job tonight? Way to go, guys. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.